Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. I'm uh, I'm I'm in a remote location. I'm on a remote. Not really. I'm in Chicago as I was on Monday. I'm still here, though. Uh, I was speculating on Monday. For those of you who follow week to week and listen to me yammer on here at the beginning, I speculated on uh, on Monday because I I recorded it Sunday before I'd done my show at the uh, the Thalia Hall here in Chicago. Uh, and I speculated uh, pretty good. It went uh, not pretty good, actually. It went great. I'd never been to the venue. It was an amazing venue. It's in sort of a, a, a Latino part of town, so I was able to kind of show up in the neighborhood about an hour before and get some uh, pollo, like grilled pollo, some grilled chicken. It was really good. I mean, uh, I just sat there alone with a half a grilled chicken, some guac, some salsas, and my little bag and my notes and uh, processed. Then I walked around the corner and uh, did the show. My uh, opening act, local comedian, Chelsea Hood, great job, did a great job. And uh, and then Jimmy O. Yang. I don't know if I told you on Sunday, but I ran into him here at the hotel and I just had him on the podcast and he was in town. He literally stepped into the elevator, but I thought, why not have him on the show, do a few minutes? It was a good time. It was actually fun. It was fun to sort of have that moment where you're like, hey, another comic. There's a guy I know, and he's got the goods. And so I gave him a, a guest spot. So Chelsea Hood did a, a, a beautiful opening set, and then uh, they brought on the surprise guest from uh, from Silicon Valley in uh, uh, the uh, Crazy Rich Asians movie, number one movie in the country. Jimmy O. Yang laid it down for seven minutes, got some good laughs, and I went up, and uh, I ended up doing like an hour and 45. You know who else was there? Andre Royo, who's also been on my show. I'm not just dropping names. These are people that I know because I met them because I come on my show. Andre Royo, you know, Bub's from The Wire. He's also on Empire. He's in town shooting Empire, which he does every year, and I ran into him just out of nowhere in the lobby, and uh, and he wanted to come to the show, so he he came. The guy who's directing the show I'm on now, Easy, Joe Swanberg, the filmmaker, he came down. That was my celebrity VIP section uh, alongside of my, uh, my, my parents' friends, Shelly and Shelly, and their son, uh, Brad, who handles my money, and his wife. Some lifetime family friends 
There was the, that that sort of old school Jewish component, and then the celebrity component. It was all very exciting. Then about six hundred or seven hundred, however many uh, Chicagoans that came down to the show, and it was great. They, I the audiences in Chicago are are fucking amazing. I I honestly felt that it was one of the best shows I've had lately because it was so loose and so engaged with the audience and just moving through stuff conversationally. Also, uh, Jimmy O Yang. And his friend, they stayed for the whole show. They enjoyed the show. We went out to uh, this place right across from the hotel here, and we just fucking destroyed a double porterhouse steak. That guy, it's hilarious, right? He's this little dude, but now that he's not poor anymore, as he says, like he just can't help but like order as much as possible. And it was 11 at night, and we're doing a double porterhouse. We got oysters. We got sautéed mushrooms, broccolini, asparagus, frog legs. Yeah, frog legs. It was just... An insane, buttery feast. Just a carnivorous, buttery blowout. And, uh, and it, was, it was great. And, I, and I'd like to add, I, I did not really eat any carbs. If that's, is that important? Did I mention that uh, Tanya Donnelly is on the show from the band Belly and also from the Breeders? Jason Bateman uh, came by, and uh, he's, uh, he's got season two of Ozark. That comes out this Friday. August 31st, you'll be able to stream all episodes, and right now you can catch up on season one if you missed it. It's an interesting show, kind of menacing. It makes you feel a, a, like Southern dirty, Southern dark, Southern scary. It's got, it's got a tone, and he directed a lot of them, which I didn't realize uh, completely until I talked to him. I, I like Jason, and, and it was nice for him to stop by. So this is me and Jason Bates. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page Age is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. You do get some fantastic people. When when I saw Tom York and Paul Thomas Anderson, that turned out to be a great Tom York interview because it was just him and I. He doesn't do these. Exactly. And And Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't sit down and talk. Yeah, but you know him, right? A tiny bit. I mean, like, I thought he was some dark wizard. He's just some goofball from the valley. He's a genius. Yeah. But, but as a person, he's, he's, he's us. Yeah, he exactly. lives in Tarzana. Yeah. I love what he says about kids. He said, um, I mean, I'll paraphrase this, yeah. but the spirit of it was, he was talking about kids, and you asked him about, you know, so you got four kids or five kids? And he's like, yeah. A lot of kids. Yeah, he's like, it's like having, a, it's like having multiple warm fires burning around the house. <laughs> you know, like maybe I'm sort of projecting here, but the spirit of it, I got like, you know, you don't have to hang out with them. It's just nice to hear them running around. You know, you have multiple fires. In that. Right. So multiple rooms are very warm and welcoming. But the fire could get out of control at any second. Well, you got a screen in front of it. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> i.e. mom or friend or nanny or something that, you know, where you can stay in your bubble of narcissism if you're like me. Sure. Yeah. Just uh, insulated. Yeah. yeah. How many do you have, though? Two? I've got two. Yeah. yeah two little girls. That's 11 enough, and six. right? Oh, that's so. I would take 12. But again, that's that that's the narcissism in me. I do love a wood fire. Um, but do, isn't know. it also, I mean, narcissism, but isn't it like, because my brother uh, has three kids and and he, he approaches it with sort of a, a spite against uh, how he felt our parents did. So like, isn't there an element of it that it's sort of like, I'm going to do this correctly. I'm going to be. Uh, yes, but I think the the your instinct and who you really are yeah. takes over despite all your best intentions. And so oh. my instinct, <laughs> uh, my, my natural sort of rest pace um, is to, not in an Ayn Rand sort of way, but I, I, I'm sort of this advocate for kind of taking care of number one, uh -huh. uh, just in the practicality of it all. Like, in other words, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm garbage for everyone, yeah. right? So right. if I am, if I indulge, uh, you know, the narcissism, and I, I understand that that's a pejorative, and I, I don't really mean it as that, and I'm not... I'm, I'm not. I'm not proud of it or bragging about it. But you're just self-centered. You're not pathologically narcissistic, right? I yeah. mean, the, the 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 sense that I just know enough about myself that yeah. if I am feeling bad about myself, if yeah. I haven't taken care of the things I know I should take care of, right. whatever that list might be, whether it be, you know, exercising or doing my homework yeah. or studying or whatever it is, that that stuff will eat at me. Right. It will make me short. Yeah. And then I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good dad. I'm not a good friend, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I, 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 I have a sort of a high standard personally for myself. Yeah. And so that list of things for me to accomplish is a close cousin of narcissism because right. I got to get all the stuff done before I can really focus on, you know, the other things that are equally important, but they just happen to sit behind my burden of yeah. you know, maintenance. I, right. Maintenance. But there you do, you, you do hit a level where you're like, okay, daddy's coming out of the room now. Yes, yeah, for you, sure. You, I my mind and I, my eye is on that for oh, sure. Right. But you're not sort of like, there's no end. No, to, I, no, I'm not overly indulgent or uh, there, there's or no, beating there's the shit no out of yourself constantly. OCD or anything like that. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, um, well, that's why I think the character in Ozark is like that. How I mean, when you got that role, you must have thought this is perfect. Like, yeah. Yes. Like exactly. Yeah. He's well. He's perfect in that he he felt like you know he's taking care of number one, but he's got this other element of kind of arrogance or hubris where he thinks that he can kind of take a shortcut and and be even a better provider by playing fast and loose with his version of ethics and morals and uh, you know and then all of that stuff yeah, slaps him in the face i watched like i you know i hadn't watched it but when he, when you wanted to come on i'm like all right well i guess i'm gonna watch it you didn't you, you can't finish it though i, I mean, did you, you finished it? i finished it oh my god thank you so much that's <laughs> i mean it's like there's five movies i, I watched all of them i'm surprised i'm surprised anybody finishes these these things because they it's a lot it's 10 hours and there's so many of them out there like right, there's that, like, that's what i mean there's so well, much to pick from well you know it's like the dark creepy world of the south and and sort of like you know demonic uh but uh a, a new take on the demonic hillbilly <laughs> yeah and uh and just sort of this idea that uh you and laura lenny can you know maintain uh, some sort of relationship in amidst these type of problems which are ridiculous yeah, ridiculous, mostly because these two uh, 
fancy city folks um, think they can come down and kind of big city these these hillbillies but, and uh, and they're they're in for a rude awakening. But they're big citying the hillbillies because they're in trouble. Like this, right. the desperation factor. It's just it's sort of amazing that in every episode there's a point where you're like, okay, I can get us out of this. Right. Like I've got I've got this, and then it's just sort of like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, when it, now there's a there's heroin involved. Right. Well, he can't he can't get all the way on top of it because then the show would be over. So it it ends up being the the significant barriers um, end up coming as a result of of either again his 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 hubris. His hubris, or or the the hillbillies being m- more uh, worthy of, uh, of further thinking, right? And, and also the fact that you know you can't control people. I mean, yeah. which I imagine as that character, and maybe as yourself, is is frustrating. <laughs> yeah, um, he's. But again, you know, playing playing people that have it all together. Yeah is a little boring you know and it's just it's not compelling because that supposedly is us well this guy has the audience right he hasn't come unhinged yet does that happen in season two I mean, like he's come close. Uh, there are parts, yeah. I mean, the the you know the the ball of 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 yarn or rubber bands or whatever you know continues to fray. But as as one area becomes restitched, another one starts to pop, and you just can't keep. Uh, nothing ever gets uh, fully intact enough right. to where we can end the show and they can go back to Chicago and get on with a you know a pleasantly boring life. Right, but so like the way we left it was. Uh, you've pitched this uh, incredible casino boat idea to the Mexican drug cartel guy and to the uh, heroin hillbilly, yeah. and your family is uh, gone uh, undercover. That's where we're at. R- right. And you have a friend in the hillbilly girl, the uh, criminal genius. Well, yeah, questionable. But um, <laughs> she, she's, a, she's, a, she's a partner, a local partner. Great actress. Um, yeah, she's fantastic. Julia Garner. She's really, Where'd really she great. come from? I mean, uh, she lives in New York. Yeah. Um, is she Southern? Uh, she is not. No. Wow. Um, she really did it. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> casting director, Alexa Fogel, put a lot of really talented people in front of us, and thank God they You guys were. are great. Your kids are great. That yeah. Your son is amazing. Yeah, right? What the fuck? I know it. Yeah. So- um, Who's the old man? Because I've seen him forever. Harris Eulen. He's great. Yeah. Always a little menacing, that guy. Yeah. Even if he's playing a nice guy. And you've seen him in- Everything. Every he's in Scarface. He's the corrupt yeah. cop in Scarface. He and always like, plays sort of a creepy, powerful heavy of it, some yeah. kind. Or like a handful of Starsky and Hutches too. Oh, way know? back. Like, yeah. Just everything. Yeah, seen. forever. Yeah. I think he's real good in this. He's fantastic. He's yeah. such a good dude. I was wondering how you were gonna get out of like that repetition of like, you know, it just keeps escalating. And at what yeah. at what point does your suspending your disbelief become an issue? Right. Well, that is the burden of a very very smart uh group of writers yeah. that, that we have. I mean, uh, you know, by you do have to keep the escalation going, which is tantamount to going to a concert and you want to see the band play the hits. Right. I mean, you, you know, you're fine with, you know, kind of you can mix up the solo a little yeah. bit, but let's hear the song. Like, I don't want you pl- unplugging everything and doing the acoustic version <laughs> right, of your right, big yeah, hit. Yeah. So, don't speed it up. Right. So do what we loved about the first year. Have a uh, compelling escalation yeah. to the plot. Yeah. Um, further complicate the relationships. Uh, but now, you know, we finished season two. Season two starts the end of uh, of August. And um, uh, so season three, if we're lucky enough to get one, um, uh, you know, th- the burden is on us to not create a third season, but a third 
movie you know like sure. the, the second year yeah. was a was a sequel yeah. and the third year needs to be a whole nother movie with a different beginning middle and end and it can't just be a third version of what you've done for year one and year two something's got to be introduced that uh the the, the changes the calculus for for everything well, with, see, without without jumping the shark like that's that's always the, the right balance, right you know? yeah and don't become redundant and don't do something that's re- yeah, totally ridiculous you gotta hit the middle yeah it's weird that uh like you know you killed off some pretty significant cast members Yep. in the first season. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I think there were and, fifteen deaths, and I think we got something pretty close to that in the second year. You know, it, it doesn't drive the, the 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 narrative, but we do recognize that that's 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 a bit of an obligation, uh, I think, in in today's uh, you know what killing of, people. Well, in these types of shows, I <laughs> yeah. think that you know these 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 streaming sure um, serialized shows. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's an excitement I think that the audience has where if you kill a significant character the the stakes rise uh, from an audience standpoint like oh okay I'd like to see how these people who are writing this story are going to get us to the finish line without that guy well I think I think that's true I think that like if you're a sophisticated uh, watcher mm. that you do realize like with this show in particular is a good example that it's definitely a writer show. I mean, you guys have to act it and it's good writing, but you do start to at a certain point where you just become impressed with these narrative twists or how this, your character is going to get out of this or what's going to, and it becomes almost like an exercise of, of this, you know, mental and emotional escape and, and finding a balance. Yeah. It's not too dissimilar from a, from a book in that, you know, it's, that's, it's not a visual medium. Um, a a book is all reliant on, the complexities of the stories, the way in which you dangle a cliffhanger sure. at the end of each episode, yeah. or episode slash chapter. Right. What is the overall theme? What's the overall plot? Um, and then hopefully our visual and musical component is is rises to the same level of the of, of the plot stuff. You know, so th- there's that that sort of uh, recipe. And you guys are at, you know acting the fuck out of it, so that's good. So well, like even if well we, even if something's a little sort of like I don't know like yeah, yeah. yeah but they're 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 selling it. Well, yeah, and that's sort of my job is, uh, you know, the guy that's that's looking at all the cuts and making sure that uh, everything stays consistent throughout 10 episodes, even though I don't direct all of them. How many did you direct? Um, the first year I did four of the 10, and this year I only did two of the 10. So I could It's hard, too, to direct, do, direct yourself. Well, I mean, it's... Running back and forth from the... <laughs> It's playback. It's 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 actually um, you know the the acting is so uh, sort of comfortable for me yeah. at, at this point that it it allows me to just be aware of all the other parts of the process right, even right. while we're rolling. Yeah. Um. So it's actually more efficient because I don't have to direct that 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 guy. Right. You know that guy's reading yeah, my yeah. mind for yeah. what he needs to do <laughs> right. on the next take. So and you got a good DP who's the, yep. the tone is established because mm-hmm. that's one thing about this show is like you know you feel dirty after like you know it yeah. lingers with you if 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 the episode doesn't linger the the the, the fucking south does yeah. that part of it or well, whatever that is that right? was the draw for me originally with the show reading the yeah. first two scripts that well this is something that I want to direct because I see that uh, that what 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 the story is demands a certain visual kind of world atmosphere palette tone yeah. whatever it yeah. is, so that you would so that these these story elements are appropriate in other words people aren't growing poppies and killing people or doing whatever in a place that has 
fully saturated color yeah. and is in a lot of hard light and right. like, it can't look like a Disney show. Yeah. So all of that stuff was uh, was really the most fun I've had on this show is the, is the directing element of it and establishing the look and crewing up and grabbing a bunch of people that, that are reading the same scripts did that I'm Did you do the first four? Like, I mean, I, I did so the first two so and then did I did the last two. Yeah. You, you were the guy. Yeah, that was really important. I mean, the the original the original plan was for me to do all of them and yeah. that's why I said yes to it. And then yeah. when we got right up to scheduling and budgeting, I realized I couldn't create enough prep time to do all of them. Oh, to do... And that yeah. was a big disappointment. But, but as the executive producer, that is sort of that oversight position that a director gets in film is is the equivalent in television sort of that that executive so that, producer role so that was your deal you're executive producer and you you're the director of the of the 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 stage of, of setting as many as i can do uh, yeah, yeah but the first two are the most important and sort of setting the tone so you're casting and you're the and you're, star yeah so this was all and they approached you or is that in and you, when you read this stuff that was what you wanted. Well, they came to me about. They actually didn't even come to me. This was. This, these were the first two scripts were the only ones that were written. Yeah. Um, and my agent r- read them, uh, and they were in the the office of of, of abandoned scripts, uh, a floor or two below his office. And yeah. He had a canceled lunch, and he read these two scripts. And he said, "I just read the first, the, the best two scripts I've ever read." And I said, "Well, what fancy client are they for of yours?" Because I'm I'm low man on, <laughs> his, on, his, on his roster. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he said, "No, I think they'd be good for you." And I said, "Well, what is it?" He says, "Well, they're." There's it's the two first two episodes of a series. I go a, a limited series, you know, one that has a, a finite ending. He said no, it would be an ongoing show. And I said, well, we're looking for a film for me to direct yeah. that that would be an escalation from the the first two films I directed, something with more scope and more schedule, yeah. and more responsibility, right. and complications. And he said, well, I think this could qualify as those things if they let you direct all of them. And I said, well, yeah, you're right. That would be a 600 page movie yeah and uh he said let's ask him about it i said uh, okay uh, do, you, do you think that they would even be open for that have they even they have they haven't called us right he goes no 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 i just found these scripts i go oh, yeah. okay so first you have to call him and say hey do you know who my client jason Bateman is and b he's interested in your show c do you give a shit and d he wants to direct them all yeah, so he wants to do all of them yeah. right so basically the response was oh uh thank you yes we know who he is that's uh, thank you very much for yeah. your interest we're out to you know uh, the uh, fancy directors that shall remain nameless like uh-huh. like really fancy directors. right and so i said to my agent i said that's enough Uh, let's not embarrass ourselves by saying we want to be included in the conversation he said no 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 just take a meeting with them it's like okay great so i'm nervous as hell taking a meeting with people i know clearly uh, i'm well beneath their 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 target but when you do that though do you act like the character and just sort of take charge and go into a whole pitch god no no uh because then they you know say get this douchebag out of our office (laughs) um so uh i i just as humbly Mm -hmm. and as sincerely as possible try to explain how i saw the show literally what it would look like what it would sound like what other shows they can imagine i'm going to try to sort of uh sort of comps you know um and that went well enough for them to say okay and then we pitched netflix and netflix said the same thing and away we went but uh, as i said unfortunately i couldn't um it would have been it's uh, a lot, man. The pre-production would have been about a year, and then post-production, the editing and all that stuff would have been that, and then some. I so, think it sounds like you, you like you did a good amount, and you were able to also like you, no matter how comfortable you are with the acting, I mean, you still got to do it. Correct, but it's um, it, it's uh, it again, it makes my job as a director. 
uh, more, um, it's 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 helpful for me to have a hand on the wheel yeah. in front of the camera and another hand behind the camera sure. if I'm trying to hit a really small target right. tonally, you know. Yeah, and it you got nominated for acting and for directing, right? Which for Emmys. Yeah, I, that's that great. A, it was a fun morning to put it uh, lightly. And yeah. and when so that have you been nominated before? Uh, I have for, yeah, arrested, for arrested. Yeah, did you win? No, 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 no. And I won't be winning this year, but it'll be a fun date night for me and my wife. <laughs> I think I'll be there. I think I'll be there. Glow is nominated. But I think the cast gets to go, don't we? Yeah, oh, yeah. Do we get to sit in the good seats or no? No, you'll be upstairs. Oh, um, upstairs? I'm yeah. kidding. Um, <laughs> I've never been. I've never, there's so many of us. I bet you with, do a tux real well. I think that- I have, the, a, I have the, a black Tom Ford suit. That'll work. Do I, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you own a tux, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. See, I didn't buy a tux. I bought a black suit. This is all new to me. Man. Well, it's the same thing. It I is mean, kind it, of, yeah. yeah. A black tie. It's, yeah, you can either fine, wear a long right? tie or a bow tie. And then you're set. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. You're so, your talent. You can wear tennis shoes. Yeah, to be that guy. Especially no. since you won't be standing up. Yeah, no, one the, will, no one will be the wiser. Right. Be the <laughs> pretend I don't give a fuck guy. Right? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I heard Denzel Washington goes to the uh, Golden Globes wearing sweatpants. Is that right? I, that's what I heard. I heard it from one source. I can't confirm it. Are they tearaways? Uh, no, I don't know. Because that would be that would be <laughs> very strong. I just think he doesn't want to be uncomfortable if he's going to sit there. If they read your name, you just get up and you just rip them off, <laughs> and, and you take, just say, "Deal with this." Get your prize. Yeah. Um, but what did you like? I assume after the two movies you made that you know this was a, a an opportunity to get more experience, and it it seems like you would get a phenomenal amount of of hands-on experience doing this oh yeah i mean anytime you're in that chair you're learning a lot because the job literally as you know you've spent uh, oodles of time on on sets the directors are the people that are kind of the they're kind of the the arsonist and the firefighter you know most of the time is the firefighting You're, you're answering questions you're fixing problems but your your creative plan has a tendency to ignite small little fires all over the place sure. that you have a responsibility to immediately follow with a, with a little can of water and, and say, <laughs> no, 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 I understand that the, this, the ripple down effect is this, but don't worry, I got that covered with this. And yeah. So you just have to have your shit together. I mean, you've got an... You got to have a plan, and it is your obligation to communicate that in a in a in a succinct way to multiple departments, so that all of those efforts funnel into like the same little channel that can shape. The goal is to yeah. shape the same experience for a bunch of people that you don't know that might be in different right. moods that are in yeah. different houses. Or I mean, and again, not unlike your family, I imagine you have to you know sort of work to have a you know a, a to be grounded in yourself so you don't i i don't know like do you find have you ever been a, a difficult one on the set i i don't know i don't think so i mean you'd have to ask people that 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 i work with i'm sure there's a couple of people that uh didn't have a great time i can't i don't i don't know of any to speak yeah. of but uh but look, you don't I'm, lose your I'm shit not, no yeah. I, i'm a big big advocate for Getting your work done and doing it without screaming, without yeah. without playing the you know the the power dynamic card, which is which is kind of a lazy kind of rookie thing to do, right? Because um, if just you, you want to be a worker among workers, well, there's just yeah. there's a there's there's just a clear fact that yeah. anybody who spent time on a set, there's no one there that doesn't need to be there. So the second you start to belittle or dismiss the the the, the presence or the contributions of anybody, yeah. 
basically means you don't really understand uh, how the the whole magic trick works because um, if any one of those people is not doing their job as well as the person next to them, the wheels start to wobble and and it, right. it, it, it you see it on screen. You really do. Well, that well that's interesting because you know we're talking about this and now you're in that you're in a position where you you're running a set and you know in that uh, that event that happened at that press conference you know with for Arrested Development oh, yeah. where you sort of had to you know. I, I don't know what your impulse was in that moment, but it seemed like you just wanted to make everything okay. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it was, and and I certainly overshot. Uh, and um, you know, unfortunately, one of the one of the things that 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 was the fallout from that was was the opposite of what I just said to you, which right. was my position about onset decorum it yeah. sounded like i was okay with um and excusing people being disruptive on set or affecting other people's work processes yeah. and 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 that is could not be further from the truth and that's um uh, that's part of me sort of just um you know being uh, thinking that well if i just keep talking and you know uh, people are going to understand what I'm saying and everything's going to be all right. And, and, and I just need to shut up and listen a lot more and stop trying to, you know, make everything okay. Sometimes maybe that's a control issue or sure it or, is. Or, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I mean, I think I, from our last conversation, I remember there was a sort of a little bit, if not chaos detachment in the up upbringing. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, kind of forces you into a self-parenting mode. Yeah, and uh, it just wasn't my conversation to get into. What happened after it? Afterwards, there was hugs and kisses, and, and we all left that, that meeting thinking, well, that was a really beautiful thing. We worked that through happened. something. Well, yeah, because yeah. Jessica said, you know, emotionally, I'm going to take this moment to forgive you, Jeffrey, and move forward. And so we all thought that was like an incredibly positive <laughs> right. Thing because right. you know we hadn't sat with Jeffrey, we hadn't been with Jeffrey in that setting to hear about everything that, that happened on Transparent. Yeah, and yeah. and and so it was it was a really emotional um, vibe in there. There's there's a lot of care for him in that room, and um, for her to be overwhelmed with that and 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 being as generous as she was about putting all that behind her. Um, and behind their relationship really felt, I don't know if lovely is the right word, but, um, Cathartic. yeah, it was just, it was, it was a really kind and beautiful thing that she did. And, and so it was obviously, uh, surprising to, 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 to me and to all of us that the, the, the backlash that followed and, and look, uh, as I said in my apology, I, I can, I can see from rereading the transcript yeah. and hearing, uh, an excerpt from it, how, um, all of all of the position that I took could be misconstrued for excusing his behavior, giving him cover, and being insensitive to Jessica. Yeah. And I get that, and I so apologize for that. But she knows that uh, that I don't feel that way about yeah. her. We've talked since, and and all is good. So, well, good. Um, I'm glad that I'm glad that that is. Uh, it seems to have passed, but I continue to listen and learn a lot because obviously there was a blind spot there for me that uh, I got a lot to learn about. Well, I think also, but the the blind spot is is 
like I've been on sets and the way you're talking about the set that you run, you know, is 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 sort of uh, collaborative and respectful. And yeah, and, uh, yeah sometimes jobs are hard. Sometimes, uh, you know, things there are arguments about process, but not, you know, abusive. It just happens in the yeah. creative process. But, you know, you're looking to be in a in a collaborative, creative environment where everyone's doing their job at the best they can and respecting one another. That's and if right. somebody has a difficult way in which they go about their work, yeah. they have a responsibility to be accountable for that. And See, if, that's, and, if it, yeah, that's a, and if it makes somebody else's work process right. uncomfortable, well, then you either have to change the mm-hmm. way you work or apologize for the way you work or be, be accountable, acknowledge the way in which you work. You can't just not say something about it, expect people to adapt because everybody's process at work and experience at work needs to be a positive one. There's no excuse. There's no reason why it can't be a positive and a pleasurable thing. And if somebody's making that difficult, they need to change, apologize, or adjust. Yeah. And I think that like in the, in the, the arts, when, when somebody, you know, over years, and this is like, there, there's obviously, an awareness that is elevated now, and rightfully so, and it's right in a paradigm shift around what we tolerate, but not just sexually, but you know, with just kind of explosive abusive behavior. Because talented people, they used to get this pass. Yeah, right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and, but it went on forever. I mean, I you know, I've had moments where I've uh, you know thrown shit fits, but throwing a shit fit, wandering off and yelling in your trailer at nobody, yeah, is yeah. different than just ruining. Yeah, a there's set. there's a way in which to do things, and um, uh, people, uh, no matter how young they are, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I deal with it with my 11 year old, my six year old. There, there, you, you can see when it is somebody understands the difference between right or wrong, uh-huh. and if they're too young to understand that, well, then there's a different set of judgment, but that passes like at five yeah <laughs> you know right <laughs> my yeah. six-year-old is past the well she doesn't know better yeah you know there's you know i can sit down and really have a conversation with her and, yeah and that's my job as a parent to explain to her i know this feels wrong and let me let me tell you let me tell you why you probably feel wrong yeah. about or guilty about what you did right or how you can make that better and i'm here to remind you because you're not going to be perfect and you know, every once in a while, you're going to miss a little bit, but that's what we're all here to do. And same thing at work. You know, if somebody makes a mistake or steps out of line, well, uh, it, it's all of our jobs to say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? That yeah. made me uncomfortable, and I'd appreciate it if you didn't do that again and or apologize. Um, you know, it's interesting, though, is in grownups, it's usually coming from emotionally about the age of your daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know that that tantrums and weird emotional reactions and abusive sort of uh, uh, kind of uh, insecurity. Yeah, you know it's yeah. it's all like you know the kid stuff. Yeah, and uh, and oftentimes it comes from a place of discomfort and fear. Yeah, and uh, I think the, the the one of the most helpful things to avoid that very natural element mm-hmm. we all have that human element is to create a kind and safe atmosphere sure um so that people are not fearful and are not um insecure people, at, at work and that, they that, feel supported and that yeah if, if there's a problem they have somewhere to go with it oh yeah right yeah, yeah. well good man i'm I, so you directed how many this season uh just the first two i didn't get a chance to come home and, and see my girls and my wife that that much um last year and 
So I just want to do the first two because, um, you know, we have to shut down if I'm going to direct any episodes that are that are beyond that because we're into the season because you have to you have to prep those. Right. Um, so I didn't want to do that. And because then I, I can't come back during prep, can't come back during direct. Where are you shooting in, in Atlanta? In and, Atlanta. and how much do you because like, I, you know, what was great about it. And I and I don't know how much you had to do with the, the conception of it uh, or set deck was that, you know, it didn't it, you know, some of these characters are, are right at the edge of feeling familiar, you know, Southern weirdos. Yeah. But they all have a lot of heart to them. And, and also the tone of it and where they live seems sort of authentic as opposed to gothic. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I thought was a, a great testament to uh, the sensitivity of not stereotyping. Yeah. I mean, listen, a hundred percent of that is the writing and the other hundred percent is the performing. And then there's, yeah. and then there's uh, a, a little bit of the, again the the visual and in in our case the sonic world that you put around that and the editorial sort of pacing you put around that because oftentimes you can write a very non-human line for a character by by design yeah but if you keep the camera there after that person says the line you can also incorporate the human side of it in other words the feeling of 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 guilt or 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 embarrassment for having said that non-human line so you can create that uh, that that combination right. that then lands it for the audience that oh there's a lot of heart in that killer yeah, yeah. or there's a sure. lot of um, uh, ignorance in that person that is being intolerant you yeah, know? yeah so uh, oftentimes it plays either before or after the line and and uh. that becomes our job in the in the editing room to yeah. make sure that we're not trying to make the show you know zip along so fast like you've got to let, let it things breathe. breathe and process yeah it. that's where it all happens yeah in that editing room yeah all right, ma'am. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you, uh, you know, at the Emmys if they let me sit in the good seats. <laughs> yeah, we'll be sitting probably right next to each other sharing snacks. Good. Thanks, man. Thank you. Jason Bateman. I like hanging out with him. Uh, season two of Ozark premieres on Friday, August 31st on Netflix, as I said earlier. So... Tanya Donnelly and the band Belly, uh, you know, they they had a couple of great albums, a couple of nice hits. Uh, she also was on the first um, Breeders record, Pod, which is a great record. And uh, also, uh, we worked at a restaurant together up in uh, Coolidge Corner. Yeah, up there in Brookline. Edibles, the restaurant. I worked with Tanya Donnelly when she was probably still in the Throwing Muses. Oh, my God, how am I just spacing that out in this introduction? Throwing Muses. What a great fucking band. Of course I talked to her about that, but I just realized that earlier in my introduction, I did not bring up the Throwing Muses. I just brought up the Breeders and Belly, but Throwing Muses with Kristen Hirsch, that was the fucking band, man. I remember seeing them when we worked at Edibles, you know, in this little place upstairs. I can't remember the name of the place. I'll talk to her about it. But those few Throwing Muses albums are great. But anyways, Tanya, I hadn't seen in a long time. They put out this new Belly record. And uh, it's great. It's a Belly record. And uh, it was great to see her. Great to talk to her. Great to catch up. Great to see that she's never stopped working and does a lot of other, you know, does a lot of stuff. Does a lot of... Uh, of recording uh, uh, just sort of her own songs here and there on different compilations and through a series of records. I was, I was thrilled to see her. So this is me talking to Tanya Donnelly. The new album by Belly called Dove is available 
wherever you get music. It's the first Belly album in 23 years, folks. Why do bands, why does it come on, what happens? Well, let's, I'll talk to Tanya Donnelly about it. So, yeah, you asked me, what have I been doing for the last 30 years? <laughs> I have some idea. Isn't that crazy? And I was like it back was. there making sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. And scooping tofuti. Yeah. That was up front. <laughs> I never got to the tofuti counter. I was just a sandwich guy. It's so weird because that's like it, people get frozen in time and you just sort of like, what did they? Because I remember going to see yeah. Throwing Muses like somewhere upstairs in a corner. Fuck, it wasn't like T.T. to Bears, but that didn't have oh, much of a stage. Jets? Maybe. I yeah. mean, it was like, I just remember it was upstairs. There was really no stage. And it, it was, was sort of down, it was downtown. Yeah. And you're like in a corner. And yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's Chet's. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was just, uh, like there was me and about 12 other people there. Yeah. And you guys standing there in that the corner. That sounds about right. <laughs> it must have been before, like, before the big record. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's where we sort of cut our teeth. I am sort of fascinated with the whole, like, the new record's great. Sounds like a belly record. (laughs) Good. (laughs) It sounds like- I hope, I hope, uh, the 20 plus years. A little older, a little wiser, but it sounds like you guys, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And there was, like, how how long between albums? I mean, it seems like- It was 23- 23 years? 22 years, years, something like that. So it just took you that long to write those songs? We just, yeah. Like Leonard Cohen? We were slow moving. Yes, this was our hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Like writhing in pain on the floor. No, um, it wasn't a hiatus. It was a breakup. Sure. And this is, you know- Right. This is our 11th hour. But did you, like, did you guys remain friends? I mean- we did. We did. I mean, we have, uh, we're all, uh, extre- we're, you know, we're all yeah. from Newport, which is right. a very small place. Our families are close. <laughs> yeah. We've, everyone's, you know, our siblings have dated. <laughs> we, uh, my, my family <laughs> used to spend holidays at the Gorman family, the yeah. Greenwood Circle. You know, there's no way to extricate right. yourself from the island, yeah. which is a Newport, very Rhode Island. Thing. Yeah. So, but, yeah. but when, okay, let's go all the way back then. Because, I mean, you were part, you were, you know, founding member of Throwing Muses, obviously. And then you were founding member of The Breeders, Mm -hmm. really, right? First Mm -hmm. two albums, their first album, then a little something on the second one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Belly happened like during, Mm -hmm. like simultaneously, right? To The Breeders kind of. Yeah. I mean, the first, actually the first, the songs on the first Belly album were supposed to be those were earmarked for breeders the second breeders uh-huh. album because our, Kim and I had sort of had this plan that she would write the first and I would write the second yeah um, but then the Pixies sort of signed on to this 18 month tour <laughs> yeah and and I got antsy and so and it, it, what she could never I, she could never get off tour Is that? <laughs> well that's basically what it was and I yeah. really wanted to to get going because I had just left the muses and I'm just adjusting volume hold on yeah that's fine <laughs> I don't know. You speak lightly. I yeah, think. yeah. I know. You do know that. I do know that. I've, it's been, <laughs> okay. it's been made clear to me. It's that been that's a problem on radio. Treat like, yes. <laughs> that like your invisible voice. <laughs> so, but okay. So, 
I like the new record, and I had no idea, like, you know, looking around at stuff the, in the last couple of days. I mean, you've been sort of plugging away pretty diligently for yeah. the past two decades. I mean, those, right. there's like four or five of those swan song records, and there seems to be like 900 songs yeah. know, throughout the course of those. And there's, yeah, and a few other solo records as well. And you do them every few, like, couple of years, right? You mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, you just kind of record all the songs you're writing? Yeah, because that, I mean, I, ne- I, I never stop writing. Yeah. It's a function. But it's so good that you just kind of, like, there's so many people that we know. Like, I don't know what happened to some of those people. Yeah. Do you? No. But, you know, I, I have to say that's doing, you know, working in the Boston community and, yeah. you know, New England as a whole, it's self-sustaining and it's a very happy, productive life. Oh, you mean life, creatively you know, just, as, yeah, a, as a right. singer and songwriter yeah. that you have a loyal following? Yeah. In the area, in the yeah. region, yes, it, yeah, and you and, can, and you know, I have been to, I have done tours in the interim as well. I, yeah, I, I, I did get to a point where, you know, touring from eighteen on for so long, I, I, I came to a stopping point. Yeah. what I considered to be a healthy stopping point. Yeah, at the time, when was that? Um, that would be probably nineteen or no, two thousand four ish, something around. So where, where, where'd you? St- let's start out though, like Newport, Rhode Island, because like my idea of Newport, Rhode Island is fancy. I think I was only there once. It was I was drunk. Uh, it wasn't good. It was in a mansion. It was some sort of party. Don't remember why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. but it's not fancy. It's not a, not, a, not an uncommon story. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you were in a mansion. Yeah, but, yeah. It, but it was like you were, a rental. Were, it was a rental. It wasn't you were even, on the right side of the checks. Right, but it wasn't like I wasn't even at the person who owned the house. I think someone rented it for a wedding or something. Yeah, I can't remember. No, it's, it's. I mean, like any place. Yeah. I mean, clearly, it has. There's a split. I, yeah. you know, um, I come. I primarily grew up in the Fifth Ward, which is not fancy. There are wards, um, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know how um, that works. The Fifth Ward's kind of like the. Traditionally Irish, you know, Irish, oh, yeah. where the Irish land Are you is. traditionally Irish? I'm traditionally a lot of things, but yes. Primarily. <laughs> primarily, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, but you grew up the whole time there, Newport? I did, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we my we bopped around from apartment to apartment, uh-huh. but we, that's where I grew up for the most part. And what's your dad, what was he, like, doing? He's a, he's a plumber. A plumber in Newport. Um, he is, and he's also an actor. He does a lot of theater work there. Um my mom's a legal secretary. Both Plumber. retired. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like, did he have his own plumbing operation? He did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's extremely helpful. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. As a homeowner. And, it, you know. Oh, now? Yeah. And he used to, you know, he, he did, t- he, he taught us a lot of stuff too. You know, he would come, Kristen and I would actually, and my brother, we would, when the van, when we would hear the van pulling up outside the house, we would scatter and hide because yeah. it meant he had a if it was during the day it yeah. meant that he had found a, a pipe he couldn't get his hand into right and that's <laughs> that was, you well, he was coming him? for one of us no no <laughs> oh he wanted you to go no, stick no. your hand we in were, it? yes <laughs> he was coming to pull us into the jaw oh, you to get reach your... into a tight spot uh-huh that, that, I mean that only happened a few times but it, it was there were <laughs> yeah. we were rumbling up sure <laughs> who wants to do that yeah. as a kid that doesn't yeah. sound like fun no. so wait Kristen live with you because you're related it's step how'd that step. work um, well, we actually met when we were very young, like five or six, and we became very close. Yeah. And then at some point, everyone's parents split up yeah. and started marrying each other. Right. Um, and that's only a slight exaggeration. <laughs> uh, and so my dad and her mom 
hooked up <laughs> and yeah. um and ultimately got married so and, and they're divorced now but um right and do yeah, like amicably uh-huh and what about like your mom and that that crew is they friends or how does that all work? yeah yeah it's a, it's it all again out? sort of the same i'm gonna retread what i just said it, it's a it's too small for contention it just it's too small to or maybe for a little while there must have been a little contention yeah well i mean there's initial yeah, there's yeah. definitely, yeah. Th- there are words. Sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I really do feel like everyone just has to sort of duke it out and get over it and figure it out because we, you're going you to run into somebody. Sure, and you got kids together. Yeah, and you got, yeah. You, and yeah, right, yeah. you're down the street. Yeah. So, like, you right. know what? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it I, did, it did, there was a sort of like a... <laughs> Who's got the kids? Where are yeah. the kids? What's, you know, there was a little, <laughs> we didn't yeah, have yeah. curfews. No one knew where we were. Right. And, uh, the, you know, there there was a little bit of chaos there, but it was lovingly, the, with loving stewardship. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's like, so. is it that small a community where, like, you, everyone knows the cops? Oh, and yeah. Like, right. So, like, oh, you know, how yes. far could you go? If you weren't yeah. running away, yeah. you'd turn up one way or the other. Exactly. Somewhere. Right. Someone's got their eye on you. Yeah. Yeah. So when you guys were kids and all this was going on, I mean, when did you and Kristen, when do you start playing guitar and doing that stuff? Um, we started doing that when we were 14. Um, and with the support of both of our dads, like for some, yeah. for some reason she ended up with my dad's guitar and I ended up with her dad's guitar. Really? You don't know how um, that happened? I have no idea. And you're writing mm-hmm. songs or no? We started playing, we started, we learned how to play from basically the Beatles songbooks. Yeah, the big one, <laughs> and, the uh, one that had Lennon and McCartney yeah, on the cover yeah, yeah. with like the the, the weird binder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah that the book flip binder. Yeah, yeah. But there are those transitions. Like the Beatles do these runs, right? Like mm-hmm. of like of like these all these fancy chords. Yeah, and that's what kind of laid the wiring, huh? Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Kristen very quickly started to write original, pretty much very quickly. Once we learned how to play. Yeah. Um, and I was a little slower coming to that gate, but... Um, were you in high school? Were you guys like cool kids? We were... No. No? We were each other's only friend. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> the weirdos um, with the guitars? We had, <laughs> we had... As we... as we, I think, you know... I don't know. I'm speaking for myself right now right. because my... You know, obviously my perspective... Are you guys friends this, still? Oh, yeah. Sure. You are? Yeah, but you never you uh, do you do you occasionally play together? We just did in March. We did um, three shows in Boston at the City Winery as there. the Muses. Nope, just separate solo acts, and then we did a few songs together at the end. Was that nice? It was really nice. Yeah, it was great. Like, why wouldn't yeah. you do that more often? We talk about it, but uh-huh. it's just um, it's our our lives. The pace of our lives is very different. She's on nonstop on tour. Basically. Oh, oh, really? So yeah, she's, she's just go. She goes, 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 goes. Huh. Um, didn't and she have I'm, a kid like long before everyone else? Yes. <laughs> like I, long before, yeah. We were when we had first moved to Boston. Is when she was when we were like eighteen. Is when she found out she was pregnant. Right. Yeah, and then she went back. Like to with a bass player's baby. No. Oh. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> okay. Late, she had three subsequent children with yeah. another person, but the first was right. Uh, I kind of remember that. Like I remember that as being like, "Wow, she's got a kid." Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's that, go back. Yeah, that's how we felt too. Although it quickly <laughs> normalized. To be honest with you. Yeah. The as teenagers touring with a child, it felt, you know, we would say I shared a room with her, and we would take turns having Dylan in our 
sleep in the bed yeah. when he was a baby. And right. It just didn't feel after, I don't know, it sort of, it just anything normalizes, you know? Anything, yeah, of course. You, just, yeah, you get to a point where. Sometimes unfortunately. Yes, sometimes quite unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so when you're in high school and you're, and you're just playing, like, what, so you start playing in the band before you get out of high school, really? Yeah. Really? We, oh, yeah. We had, so the band, I would say, by the time we were 15. And who we was had in the our ba- first, was, Yeah, oh. Our first round, which was all female at the time. With, uh, um, who was it? Elaine Edemides and um, Cindy Scanlon was our first bass uh-huh. drummer. And then Becca Blumen. And then we ha- we went through, I think, a few before Narciso, David Narciso joined. Yeah. When we were at the end of our junior year, I guess. In high school. Yeah. And you're playing around then, Newport? Yep. And then Leslie Langston, who was an older woman at the time, but really now we're the same age. <laughs> um, she, yeah. we brought her in as well. She's yeah. an amazing, amazing bass player. Are you going to Boston yet? We're no? not going to Boston. We, we played, our, the, our first show was at the Newport Art Association. All originals? Um, all originals, yeah. Yeah? And a Yoko Ono song. Oh, really? Never, Which one? Never Say Goodbye. And Kristen um, sang that? We took turns. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know the we song, but I imagine it's got to get pretty high up there. It's beautiful. It yeah, is? it does. We Yeah, there, that one doesn't have any of the acrobatics. It's just kind oh, of a straightforward straight song. Straight up song? Yeah. So you, really great song. Beautiful song. So what year are we talking here? So that would be 1981. So this is like uh, pretty, like you wanted to have a, a girl group full of strong lady voices sort of at the time at the yeah. time that was kind of you know it, it, we sort of try to go back and 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 dig that tease this apart and was that in, intentional did yeah. we have a or or was it just the people we knew right what'd you come up <laughs> you with? know so i think it might have just been the people we knew because when dave joined that was seamless it wasn't yeah. like right, there was right, no right, right. now you're, there's you're a, the guy now there's yeah. a boy right, there right. was no sure. transition period well I just think that <laughs> choosing of a Yoko Ono song out of all songs to cover in the world seems like a, you know you had a, a mission in some <laughs> yeah well we were big we we'd sort of I think also we were just huge fans of hers in, in general I continue wow. to be it's, I, yeah yeah, yeah. My, my girlfriend's a huge fan I don't know a lot of her stuff and mm-hmm. I guess like you know I know she's a very prolific artist in a lot of different ways but uh, you know I don't know yeah. you know I, I, it's, it, I, I don't it's not for everyone well, it's not even that. I don't even know if I've really judged it properly. I've seen some mm. of her art, and I think it's okay. But like, I, it is like a, there is a big bunch of art there that I haven't experienced. But I, I'm told that experience uh, is the word. Yeah, uh, I, I carried grapefruit around when I was a teenager in my for what everywhere just to uh, to <laughs> as reference. I don't know. I just wanted What's it. Just grapefruit? was like a, grapefruit what? is a Yoko no. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's well, an it's a book. It's a book oh, that's of her. Right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, oh, you carried the book around. I with did. You. I loved it. What I, was it? it was that? Like a little sort of five by five yeah. pocket. What was it that resonated version. so much? The positivity uh-huh. of it. Yeah. Um, and just sort of the the just how streamlined and simple it was, but just still, still powerful to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I just felt like it really did resonate with me. It really. Um, oh, now I got to get it. I bet you my girlfriend has it. See what's yeah. going to happen now after I talk to you. I'm going to be like, do you have any of that Yoko Ono stuff? She's going to be like, I've been telling you <laughs> for three years. You know, I'm like, well, I just talked to Tanya. Like, why don't you listen to me? That's yeah. what's going to happen. I mean, you know, full disclosure, I haven't revisited her work ah. as in decades, but um, but it was big for me. Did you all finish high school? We did. 
and you so you stayed in Newport and mm-hmm. you, and how many songs did you end up sort of like amassing or writing before you know by the end of high school did you have a pretty good set yeah we did but, yeah I mean dozens I uh-huh. would say not yeah. not all of them made the cut yeah um but uh, it, because, you know, a lot of it was sort of this, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. And the things that were sort of very s- more stylized fell by the wayside as soon as we found our own our own voice and, yeah. our, you know, right. our own pace. And um, so a lot of those sort of training wheel songs yeah. were left behind for the most part. And so... So okay, so you're in a band. It's mm-hmm. you and, in but, band. and by the time you graduate high mm-hmm. school, you've David's in the band. Yeah, and uh, and Scanlon is out. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I like the Irish and names. Bloomin'. Yeah, and Bloomin'. Yeah. Yeah. But did you grow up crazy Catholic or no? Uh, my no. My my parents were um, pretty much atheists for the most part. Oh yeah. And, yeah. So there he was a groovy plumber. Nowhere. I think he there's there's a lot of Catholic. DNA. There's a yeah, sure. Rosary in my double helix. Yeah, <laughs> but it's <laughs> is that a weird? It's on mute. <laughs> um, it's dormant uh-huh. at the moment. Um, sure. And then um, Ashkenazi on my mom's side, but again, same. You came have a Jewish gra- mom came through. Gr- well, great grandmother who came and grandfather came. Yeah. but they came, their families came. Not practicing though, no yeah. observance. Sure, so sure. I don't claim anything. Right. I'm really care- careful on both sides with to not, m- to not claim. claim any religious affiliation because I don't have any experience with any of it. Um, but from that side, they came through, like came through Greenwich Village, yeah. beatniks that basically rejected everything. And oh, really? And, and yeah, my my mom's parents were um, beatniks. Yeah. Oh, good. Basically. So you have sort of like a nice uh, hippie pedigree there. Yes. And your dad's parents, where yeah. were they? Were they in Newport? Naval commander. Oh, really? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but but very, um, honestly, um, as liberal as you can be within that. Uh, you know, and you knew them, so they were around yeah, when you were growing yes, up? Yes, both of my grandparents. My, my parents had me very young. I was a teen result as well. Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, um, so I knew my grand, my grandmother's still alive, my maternal. My oh, pater- really? My that's, paternal grandmother, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, New England is. people are very unique. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there, it's for good and bad. But like when I go back there, I don't, which I don't do much. Mm-hmm. There, there's something so distinctive about like like certain areas, like New England, Philly. There's like a, a, a kind of rough, kind of but compassionate bunch. Pragmatism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. with an edge to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. It's so, true. So all right. So yeah. wait. So now Kristen gets pregnant in high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So then, okay. So now she's got a kid by what senior year? She's got a kid by uh, end of senior. No, so she. It was the, the summer after. Wow, is she, that right? Wait, let me do this math. Winter after, I guess. Yeah. What year did you graduate? Um, so eighty four. Um, so and he was born in eighty. He was actually born in eighty six. So huh. There was a little gap. And, and so everyone was yeah. like, "What? What's happening? Yeah. You're gonna okay? Right? I guess. Yeah. We." But there wasn't a moment. I have to say, there was yeah. once as soon you know as soon as she decided to keep to have him. Yeah, we were fully on board. There was no talk for a second of maybe the band won't happen. It did. It didn't. It, you know, it you're just, still full steam ahead. Absolutely. She had the baby. She figured full out. Full steam ahead. To, we signed to 4AD during that period. It's a British we, label. Yeah. Um, How did that signing happen? We sent the tape. Um, we were Cocteau Twins fans, um, and 
sent the tape to him because that's how we had heard yeah. it before, um, to Ivo Watts Russell. And he had this policy of not signing any American yeah. bands at the time, but he wanted to mentor us and sort of get us. He, yeah. he, he, he basically sort of unofficially managed us for the that demo. The guy um, from the Cocteau Twins? The, the, the label owner of 48, yeah. the guy that started 48. Okay. And then he got to the point where he felt like he he was starting to get too attached, and so he signed us. Were you Ultimately, the first American band? We were the first American band. Yeah, okay, D. okay. And Throwing we, Muses, first yeah. American band. And then we so. brought the Pixies with us, too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So now, like, in order to be, like, hanging out as teenagers still and, you know, signing record contracts and touring, I'd imagine, mm-hmm. with a baby, I'm assuming that you were you guys weren't out of control in any way. Like, no, no, not at all. You didn't no. live and the we rock also, and roll lifestyle. Right. And we had some people who immediately, and Salem 66, those, you know, yeah. among them, just sort of, and the Mission of Burma guys, the Bird Songs people, like there were just this, this kind of group of people that um, Good folks. helped, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. like really pulled us up and, and supported and gave us sort of a, a template uh-huh. in a way. Um, uh uh-huh. And introduced us to the community, and, and you know, um, so, so we had a lot of and Gary Smith, a hundred, very, very important to us. Who's that guy? Um, Gary owned, uh, was the owner of Fort Apache. Fort Apache, um, right? I've talked to, I think I talked to maybe Janowitz about that. Yeah, yeah. And he, um, he managed me, he managed Juliana Hatfield, he managed Natalie Merchant, um, and he produced Muses Records, Pixies Records, The Chills. He had a, he's, he's a Renaissance. <laughs> Juliana Hatfield. Yeah. I, I, I remember her. She just, I think she sent me a bunch of records. I like mm-hmm. got to get up to speed on, on her. Like I, I end up doing a lot of catch up. fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I'll get into it. She, where yeah. she live? Over, She's in Boston. You? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember I hearing actually, her name. I'm married to her bass player. To her, um, that's how I met my husband. Was on tour with her. You had one husband. Actually, I have one. Twenty five years old. Twenty five years. We've been together. Husband yeah. and babies. Two, nineteen and twelve girls. Older. Yeah. Like I so we, I don't know why my brain keeps wanting to put us back in Boston. <laughs> like it was just. It's so weird when you miss yeah. a chunk. Remember Fat yeah. Mike, the manager. Big fat Mike uh, oh, with yeah. the beard. Yeah. We yeah, used to yeah, do coke yeah. with Mike. I wonder right. if he's still around. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know. That was Yeah, yeah. And Ira and Bunny. Yeah. Ira and Bunny yeah. were the owners. Oh my god, yes. Big Ira, doofy Ira yeah. and little sort of round yeah, bunny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's all there is like flashing before my eyes. Right. I always yeah. had a problem because they had these sandwich steamers that I just never understood <laughs> in retrospect. Like these these steam tables. <laughs> Where you do, like if someone ordered it, they you like you take a whole pita, lay it flat, oh, yeah. put the tuna on it, and then like sprouts and tomatoes and cheese on yes. top, and put it in the steamer. It and was go, such a weird. I feel like everything there was, was just wet. was kind of just slightly off grid in terms of how fu- yeah. everything functioned. Like and it, had it was like, like sort of one of those faux health food deli. Do you remember vibes where it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah like right. this is this is healthy. Yeah, it was hippie. <laughs> it really, wasn't yeah, healthy. Right. It was yes, like hippie. Yeah, yeah. You remember the the Caribbean singer Keith? Oh that yeah, guy. yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh my god, you have an amazing memory. And George, the other Caribbean oh, guy, the cricket that, player. That's. And, I have to admit that I actually went on my own like mm-hmm. wiki page last night to bone up on my own chronology because I know that your memory is. It's not <laughs> you good. I was there today. I'm not that great. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my memory's not that great. I was like I have to remember my own life if I'm going to be. 
revisiting it. <laughs> well, I mean, I just like there's something about like that, you know, what you came into and mm-hmm. even like somewhat before us as well there. Because I'm a little older than you, not much. I'm, I graduated high school in 81. Right. Right. So, like, yeah. But there was a generation of Boston music that happened before us. Yeah. Like with the Cars, mm-hmm. Modern Lovers, and like that crew. But, Amazing, yeah. Yeah, but they laid this yeah. out. And like in, in your generation, I think was, that was like, it seems like maybe not the end of it, but there was, before they plowed, on, plowed under, you know, Kenmore Square, mm-hmm. I mean, it was really this vital place. I've had Amy Mann yeah. on a few times, and she was a little older than us when she was doing that thing, Till Tuesday thing. Right. Right? Yeah. But now she's like, uh, I think as a solo artist, probably generationally uh, alongside of you guys. Yeah, I think so. A, a little bit maybe, but yeah, she was more of a paver. She was a few yeah. years ahead. And, yeah. You Who know. do you see the other pavers as? Mission to Burma? Ooh. Weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So um, was your class like the Dogmatics? Um, Scruffy. Th- we were, yeah, definitely peers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's funny because, like, Boston, I think within, through the, looking back through the lens, yeah. everything seems to combine and conflate into this. Yeah. They all hung out together and yeah. everyone, there was this, you right. know, cohesive right. scene. Um, and t- to an extent, that is yeah. true. Um, but there were pockets of, of friend groups among, yeah, you know people sure. who played with each other more sure. often than like it was like the neats the flies the dogmatics that you know um, yeah, the neighborhoods the hoods yeah the hoods that was and Judy's I, boyfriend was it, in the hoods David hood. yeah and yeah. they're actually current friends of mine now because yeah. their kids went to school together so what do they do now there he owns a studio in um, out there uh, and she sort of supports that and she's we you know again kids both of us and, so. they, and everyone's good he owns a studio um and recording uh, studio yeah really great in Arlington in Arlington Wo- yeah. Woolly Mammoth it's great Good. wow yeah. uh, so they stayed in the game and, yeah. and, and made yeah uh, yeah cause like yep. Because I talked to, uh, yeah, when I talked to Janowitz, he's, you know, he's a real estate agent. He's fine with it. Yeah. I was, it was such a... He, you know what? I was listening to that interview and yeah. I need to I need to be his PR person right now because he, he actually runs a niche. Um, a real estate that, niche? Yes. Like, absolutely. It's his. It's this, you know, sort of mid-century modern and uh-huh. he does quite well and he's extremely educated in his... Uh-huh. And he loves that... That architecture, as a fan of uh-huh. it, you know, he doesn't half-ass anything. That, that that guy, that guy, yeah. So I mean, yeah. I was listening to it. I was like, yeah, get proud of it. Yeah, a little more braggadocio. Well, I think that one of the reasons he he might not have is because yeah, that's one of the like I didn't know that stuff about him. You know, like I don't know how people function in in my game, like comedy, or in your game, like when when shit goes not even south. Yeah. But when you just sort of like, you know, you, you've had your shots and it just levels off. So yeah. how do you survive? Right. So I feel like he was probably speaking from not shame per se, but, you know, he was talking about a new Buffalo Tom album. Yeah. He didn't seem Which is, not proud of it, but I don't think he was there to plug to his talk, real estate to plug business. That. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not here to plug my doula business. <laughs> but, that, but that's sort of yeah. kind of fascinating. No, it, right. I think it's important, actually. Right. For people to hear that stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, like so many, because you're still doing what you love doing and you may have this other thing that you also are engaged with, but can, can generate some, uh, a living out of yeah. a bit, but there's no shame in that. And I right. think that people put all their eggs in one basket and they don't really hear the other stories. Mm-hmm. Like they just assume that it's a tragedy. Like, you know, what happened well, to that person? Can't be good. And that is like, it's funny, like coming back to the belly thing, which is by far the most ho- high profile thing 
that I've been involved yeah. in, um, that is the that that's a that's a running question is what have you been doing? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, it's been two decades. That's yeah. a very difficult right, question to sum it up. To sum, yeah, um, I've you know, it's. I feel like Bill and I both also are in a similar place where we're quite happy with yeah. the way things have panned out for for right us. Um, and as is everybody in Valley, you know, it's it's we everyone's been busy. Everyone has businesses. Collectively, we run our run our own businesses. We have families. We have you know, um, it's a lot. But it is you know, I understand why. Uh, you know, I I about other artists will be like, well, they really fell off the radar. Right. So I understand, you know, clearly. When someone goes away, but but what is that? But what the fuck is that radar? When you really think about it, I mean, we're in our fifties now, right? Yeah. So you know, (laughs) it's like what, who, and what determines that radar? Right. Like, see, obviously, you know, you developed enough of a following to where you can go play gigs with Mm -hmm. supportive fans, probably of all ages, with kids. I'd imagine at this point in time, which is bizarre, but adult children, sure. But it, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre, but it's it's sort of lovely that, you know, mm-hmm. you can do that when you want to do that. And how is that not, you know, mm-hmm. the exact trajectory? I mean, like even the biggest bands in the world get sad after the fifth or sixth album. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. You, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what is this yeah. radar people are talking about? Right. You know, the, when, when people start repeating themselves, you're like, no, this is not going. This is it, I guess, for the rest of it. This is the, they're going to play the hits and look like that now as they get yeah, older. Yeah, right, right. And that's a that's a, a whole other Well, yeah, and then they're sustaining yeah. this machine. But but I do want to... Uh, I, I feel like the bandwidth has changed around that, though, because, sure. uh, because everything is so much more porous informationally. Like, there's yeah. so much... There's so many streams of communication and information that the radar has changed. There's no so it's 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 actually much more inclusive. Yeah, and there's those no more, of us who have made different choices. Right, and there's also so, no more late to the party. Is that if somebody, yeah, if, right, if, right. let's say you know someone who's a fan of yours from when you were younger as a mom now, and he turns her kid on to you, mm-hmm. that kid can go online and go all the way back to you know throwing muses, and right. then have this whole world open up to them because the 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 technology allows people to do that. Yes, and that is this, that's a recurring story. Is I found you through the Pixies, or I found, you know, throwing music through Bella. Or, you know, that they right. just that family of bands right. um, does have a, much more of a melting pot. Oh yeah, now than we, which is nice. Yeah, anybody like even yeah. like me, who you think you've been around in somewhat public forever, and then people are like, I didn't know you were a comic. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like how is that possible? No. You know, sure, uh, really, of course. Okay, that's like yeah, because weird. now I'm I'm on the Netflix show on Glow. Yeah, like so people are like, who's mm-hmm. that guy? And they're like, yeah. oh, he's got a podcast. Like, what am I? I'm not, you know, I, I'm not Kanye. Of course, there's right. most people don't know who we are. So, mm-hmm. like, they can all just, you know, all it takes is one search and they're going to, like, what the fuck? Yeah. There's all these records. Right, don't... right. It's kind of yeah, a, which is great. It's, it's great. really nice because you don't. I don't have to walk into any situation with my resume. Oh, Do you know? You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Which is so nice because right. it's all been done sure. for me with a click of. Yeah, you know, you, that's you built the upside it. of yeah. yeah. So when you guys let's, let's go back though. So you sign with Four AD, mm-hmm. and the, and then you brought the Pixies in. How close were you with those guys? Very close. That they still they yeah. Yep. I mean, not so much. It's Kim and I are still friends. Yeah. Um, and Kelly and the whole, all of the deal people. Yeah. And, the, but not, um, uh, and Josephine and the whole, 
Jim, all of them. But not yeah. uh, Francis. With uh, yeah, no, I kind of fell out of touch with him. Yeah. What's his real name? Um, Charles. Charles, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, but he's up in like what, the Pacific Northwest somewhere? I don't know where he, I don't even know where he But back in the day, you guys were tight. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yep, and he actually, my boyfriend Reed at the time, back then, yeah. he, Charles and Reed became very close, and Reed still opens for them quite a, quite often. Uh-huh. So he's kind of... In what band? Hold on to that. Solo? By himself, really, uh-huh. yeah. So now this is your first, like, so when do you move to Boston? After you get the record deal? No, we moved to, yes, yeah, actually, yes. I and, think that was sort of, that might have been simultaneous. Um, uh-huh. It, it, because it was the year, I want to say it was the summer after high school that we started communicating with Ivo and he became interested. So, so yeah, that would have been. Yeah, and then you, and then you made the first record, and then we made the first record. We demoed Throwing with record. demoed with Gary Smith. Yeah. We sent it, and that's what the and then we recorded with Gil Norton. And now yeah. you're in Boston, living where mm-hmm. Somerville or somewhere Arlington, all the way out there, yeah. Arlington, <laughs> all the way out. I know that's how we felt when we moved there. We were just, are we going to make this massive five mile leap <laughs> on the into tea. a new area code? <laughs> God forbid. So you're you're like through the late eighties. You're like you're cranking out the records, and then Hunky Papa's got like a little hit on it, mm-hmm. and then yep. you're like you kind of blow up a bit. Yep, headlining. Yeah. Yeah. No more opening for the Pixies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and and you know at that point there was not you know I just was just starting to write more uh-huh. and that's why I left. It wasn't wasn't like a contentious. It was just very logistically, you know, just this is Chris, Why you left Chris, the muses? Yeah, Kristen gets this many songs and when my yeah. piece started picking up and yeah. I started writing more and I, um Oh, you're like I need to I need space. Yeah, it get was these like, r- yeah. songs out. And it was going to be a side project. It was going to be their second Breeders record initially that was going to be sort of a side project. Well, how'd you get involved with the Breeders on the first one? Because I love that first record. Kim Kim and I just really, on the very first yeah. Pixies Muses tour, we yeah. just really bonded um, and became very, very close. And yeah. At the end of the tour, we just decided... To, I mean, in some ways, it was just an excuse to sort of hang out. <laughs> right. But also, she was feeling sort of the same thing I was, which is I'm writing to a lot too, and so we started to just kind of meet up at her house and or yeah. mine and and write, start well, writing now, and playing. Was she out of control yet? No. Yeah. No, not at that point. So. Uh, no, I was. I mean, I think we started. We kind of uh, entered our our tricky stages simultaneously, but. Uh-huh. Um, I bailed sooner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That first um, Breeders record, that's the one with the the um, Happiness is a Warm Gun cover. Yeah. That's such a good record. Yeah. It's so different. It stands alone. Because like, mm-hmm. by the time Last Splash, it's like that, the musical sort of sonic texture of that record is like a complete kind of mind fuck. But like that first, that first one is very clean, really. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's very Albini. He, he you know, he, um, he's, he uh, he did a lot of editing. Pod um, of pod. Yeah, just um, sort of uh-huh. stripping off harmonies where they didn't need to be and paring things down. And um, it, he doesn't like to take credit for yeah, anything know, he does, but he um, he it was a, watching him at work was pretty. He loves inspiring. Her. I mean, he loves yeah. her like beyond like. Yeah. I, yeah. I talked to him and like, you right. know, the way he talks about her after all the artists he's ever produced. Yeah. It's, it's like he's just loves her. Yeah. yeah. She's really, what, I mean, I have to say in terms of inspiration, watching somebody's process, she's one of my 
it, she blows my mind. What about time. it? Just the way she approaches songwriting and the yeah. way she approaches production. And she's so, you know, even when things were messy with us. <laughs> um, Between you or just when no, you were no, fucked no. Up? As the, when the two of us yeah. were, yeah, um, we're spiraling. She. Just the clarity, her clarity, her focus uh-huh. was uh-huh. still always present. It yeah. was, you know, she's just very, she knows what she wants. She works until she gets it. She has, she has real vision. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for someone, I have a more of like a, where's the song going to take me? <laughs> where's this going to go? And she's so in charge. She knows beginning, which, middle, and end yeah, what she which, wants. Which, and that's something that I, that rubbed off on me a bit in a very good, you know, in a very positive way. For like me. it's a work ethic. Yeah. Thing. Yes. Yes. Which, and I've always had a strong work ethic, but yeah. hers is, yeah, is, you know, I mean, all nighters. But did you find habitually, that, that just right. in, like until it's done, kind of work ethic? But, which but I, do you feel like some of your kind of like let's see where it takes me was, uh, you know, fueled by some sort of insecurity? Like or, yes. Right, so because mm-hmm. like people who are decisive, mm-hmm. you know, be, I, I have a fear of finishing. Yeah, <laughs> well, know, because like, I mean, I feel like m- some of my fear of finishing yeah. is because I feel like that is something that you have to decide because <laughs> yeah. music is kinetic and yeah. there's never a f- it's not fixed, yeah. and so there's never going to be a point where you're where yeah. you're playing where you're with you're sitting with your song and say there. Yeah. It's done. And back to hallelujah. Like there, this, that's a, there a, there's a, there's a, right. no, you have to like, <laughs> you, at some point you have to pull the trigger uh-huh. um, and put it, lay it down and just right. freaking record it. Right. And then, and, and maybe later live you can, uh-huh. you know, you can keep evolving oh, and moving with it. So um, in, in your mind, all the songs are still active. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Every, every night. I think that's just, just another way of looking at it. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe some people who are more tight and like sort of like no, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I talked to, like I talked to Paul McCartney. I don't think he thinks that way. Like, you know, <laughs> where are we going to yeah. go with Hey Jude tonight? Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? No. And we're not there. Believe me. Yeah. We're not a jam band. Yeah, there's, no, <laughs> there's not that much improvising going on. No, I know it's more just yeah. sort of, you know, I've, I, I just fresh, figured out what I want to do with this sure. vocal or I'm going to change this word because it bugs me. Yeah. And, and do know? it live. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. But I mean, some guys, yeah. you know, sometimes they make, I, I, I go either way with that, with like old songs when the old bands try to make them fresh. I'm like, really? You're going to speed it up that much? If, it goes, that much? <laughs> if it goes too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we were talking t- um, yesterday to Sky Daniels about this and, uh-huh. and KCSN and, and, and just, um, how Dylan, you know, he'll, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, Dylan will be halfway through a song. And you're like, is this like Rolling Stone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a, so, I mean, it does, I understand that, I think, but that I think, need to sort of entertain yourself yeah. and keep yourself invested. Right. Yeah. But there's also, it can, it can go to a point. I, well, I think that there a lot of Dylan is there. There's a lot of fuck you and Dylan. Like, yes, I, which I... I Enjoy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Where, you know, like he garbles fucking songs yeah. for a decade and then he puts out a crooner record. Right. It's almost sort of like, nah, uh-huh. joke's on yeah. you, idiots. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel that like that Victoria's Secret ad was the biggest middle finger to Like things like that where he's just like. What does he care? You don't know what I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny. The guy's just like, you, you know, he's just this, like, he's this like human museum out there. Right. You know, <laughs> moving through time still. Just, just, uh, he seems to just want to, you know, die in a hotel room somewhere in a strange suit. <laughs> that's, you know, it's like, it's like the, that's like his end game. 
Like after That's playing, what he's working a, towards. Yeah, after playing a state fair somewhere. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. But like I'm right. like, of with course, a, why would a klezmer band? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why wouldn't he go out like that? Yeah. Right. No, so, I and I I mean that sounds it's it's fun to observe. And I have yeah. to say, like, I, I, love I get it. I, I love him. him. Yeah. I love him, too. I love that. I, I love can't, that energy. I can't, like, yeah. I haven't kept up with him lately. Mm-hmm. All right, so, okay, so then, uh, <clears throat> so you and Kim do that that mm-hmm. pod record, which is a great record, and then you get all fucked up on drugs in London. Yeah, not the same. We weren't, not the same drugs. <laughs> right. What was your drug? <laughs> um, I, 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 and, uh, this was a relatively brief time, but it felt like forever. Um, ecstasy. Oh, yeah? And coke. Oh yeah, so a little up, a little down. Yeah, and I'm so you know I feel this is like it's hard for you know I yeah. I I um this isn't something that um a lot of people know about me. My uh-huh. friends do, and I yeah. have talked about it before. But it's you know I've I I'm cagey about getting into sure. it too much because sure. I did sort of walk away from that in in and left it completely yeah behind thinking yeah. I can just make this go away uh-huh. I can just erase this I yeah. can you know excise this Did you? part of my life no you can't do that <laughs> I mean well yeah. I mean but you, there's no loose ends you just it was just a period there are no loose ends there are um, people that I would like to have some sort of uh-huh. closing argument oh. slash <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> hug <laughs> um, you can do it's, that yeah yeah I don't know. It's funny because, like, this belly reunion, we've, uh-huh. we the model has been when we first were do, having an email conversation about are we going to get back together? What do you want to do? Yeah. Should we get a mediator? Do we need to revisit oh, things? Oh, so there's people in the band. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, this oh. is a se- y- separate thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, we sort of decided, like, we're going to draw a line in the sand. Yeah. We're going to redline the whole thing. Yeah. We're going to move forward. Right. And we're not going to revisit. Yeah. And it's been very successful. And I actually feel like I want to apply that to other relationships <laughs> in my life from this point. Just sort of, you know, face forward, move forward. But but, but discuss it. Yeah, discuss. But not, but not drag out. Yeah. Right. And not not do any like real scatological work. Yeah. Right. Do you know, which yeah. is what it feels like right. after a while. It's sure. just like, why are we digging into this? But there now? is a way like, you know, like in, uh, in the program of recovery, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, you, you were lucky that you didn't get, you know, that, that, that wasn't your life, but mm. there is the amends process, which, you know, creates a context for that. Like for, for individuals to take responsibility for their side of something and, and own it to the other person. And then whatever goes on, goes on. But at least, You've unburdened yourself to right. a degree, yes. right? And and that we have done. Oh, good. Yeah, That's without the best without you can being, do. yeah, right. And again, that is something that I feel like. And you know, I think I would have done that had we not gotten back together, because this is the this would have been at the end of my life my one big regret if yeah. we hadn't had if this he, moment. You and Belly. Yeah. Yeah. I what, have other regrets, but this would have been the one that. Would have haunted me with the, um, what that so, breaking up the band without closure. Yeah, uh-huh. and just sort of my bad behavior. Everyone's, you know, just sort of in general, just how we. Well, how did it end? It just. It was. It was. It was you don't want to drag again, it up with me. Don't again, wanna, we don't yeah, want to go into the. Yeah. You don't want to be that. I, you, I can, you don't want to put your hand in the pipe. Right. Yes, <laughs> I can. I can tell you the. I can give you the soil. <laughs> yeah. But I can't get, tell you what grew in there. Okay. Uh, so it was basically like just. Um, 
18 months of this is so whiny but uh-huh. we just we you know we were on this real non-stop road and it felt like we couldn't even sit down or it would all oh with the touring and yeah after um, the two records after yeah, king or yeah, yeah. and I, and just sort of you know you have people we each had di- you know different voices yeah. in our ears with different um expectations uh-huh. our expectations changed and it just very it's not a very interesting story right. it's just sort of a lot of people pulling at you and you were exhausted yes right yep and and things yeah. and you sort of hit a hit a plateau you plateaued yeah yeah it was and it wasn't it wasn't an explosion it right. was a crumble yeah you yeah. know yeah yeah but so. there was still some uh, bad blood or a little resent- resentment yeah in yeah. the beginning mm-hmm. and then and which at this point we're sort of like you what know, was that about yes <laughs> it's nice to to have like such yeah. a terrible memory too which is helpful <laughs> which is, that's, but that's, it's hard to maintain animosity uh-huh. when you can't remember what <laughs> that's age though you know yeah that's part of it mm-hmm. so when did you like because you know you know the belly records were great and the and you know obviously the the um i like that breeders record mm-hmm. but now like i look and you've done a lot of solo records and you're constantly writing songs yeah. and, and playing and you know you know but when when did you was there a, a crisis of like you know what am i going to do now when did you become a doula when did that like what was the the need to do that that was um, that was driven from experiences of my own with my kids, where I could have used some, some postpartum support. Um, oh, so you're a, a I mean, specific. I had a lot. My dean is hundred percent with me yeah. on everything, but in terms of just um, a little more experiential knowledge from someone who had uh-huh. who had been in this emotional place, and you know, I feel like there, I felt like um, I was the classic sort of panicking every second, but not a accepting uh-huh. any help you know about being just a new feeling, mother yeah uh-huh. yeah just feeling sort of at sea and scrambling um and for you know i've just for my usual level of my high functioning level just yeah. to have that be out of my grasp in this new yeah. this extremely important new situation of having a baby yeah, yeah i think if i i think having someone to just say this is normal that's fine. Yeah. Let that go. This is, you know, just, yeah. you know, oh, right, a little right. clarity. Right. Um, and so. And sometimes if it's what, a significant other who's there with you all the time, you're going to take out whatever anger or frustration you're having. Like, mm, what do you know? And like, yeah. know it. Right. Unfortunately. So when did you have that first kid? What point in the career was it? That was in 99. It was after um, my first solo. So you're out of belly already. It? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's a whole yep. new life now. A whole new, new life. life. Solo, a whole new life, yeah. Solo Tanya, yep. family. Yeah. And and so the first kid was mm. rough. It was rough. It was just more, um, the learning curve for me was steep uh-huh. and long, now, um, what, what, but but not rough. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't say rough because I've... That was, you know, just that experience. Now, was Kristen there to help you out? Yeah, she gave me some oh, tips, yeah. but she was, you know, torn. Do, oh, yeah. <laughs> Always out there, huh? Always. Like, like, what, is she, like, what Always. kind of room is she playing? Um, I'm not really, you know, it's, it changes sometimes. Uh-huh. It depends on what her incarnation is, because uh-huh. she, she still does music. She does 50-foot waves. She's solo. So um, she has a, it depends on who she's with. Right. The size of them. It's, you know, clubs to theaters to coffee, you know, coffee yeah. has, it's depending on what she's. Wow. She just doing. loves it. She's just moving all mm-hmm. the time. So, so what, like, so do you help people give birth? No, I that, I was trained initially for birth work, but then I it birth was work. I couldn't um I couldn't um 
I couldn't really weave that into my life very easily. So I because you I, never know what's gonna. We yeah, need you and now. I can't, pop, like put, I can't put my own kids on pause for three days right. and disappear. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I moved to postpartum, which is more easily schedulable and and sort of more, more my. Uh huh. Um, not my area of interest, but I'm better at it. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> for so, whatever reason. But that's still so. considered a doula. There's a postpartum, postpartum doula. doula. Yeah. Now, wh- and that business is on hold. I should be clear that we. I put that. No, on you're not hold taking calls. I'm not taking calls. Okay. No, I've had that since the be- you know just like the belly tour. Sure. I'm, I'm but but right I'm now. curious about it. So, but mm-hmm. when you did it, yeah, you, you it was not a decision to stop doing music. It was a decision to to help have a, another stream of income. Yeah. Uh, and and to, to just to have some other area to be honest um something where i uh, was being helpful to someone right else yeah that's a that's <laughs> a, know, a good part of the, fo- the life yeah well the focus was not service on me right and um yeah service yeah. that's that's what uh, you know and I, I i felt called to do it dramatic as that sounds you know that just this is a way that i can really dig in and be useful oh that's great yeah and how do you what how does one train to do that what is um there are several organizations that you can train through and um, what is and it, it depends you can kind of tailor your own level of training uh-huh. too but um, what is where does the doula word come from where does that tradition come word. from okay um and it actually means i believe the word doula actually originally meant female servant uh-huh um but now it's but it's like sort of a, it's, it feels like a new thing the 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 field Seem, it, feels new to me. Is it not? So, it's not. And uh-huh. I mean, it's sort of. Um, I guess it was a midwife back in the day. Yeah, uh-huh. and and that actually is where back in the sixties, um, it it kind of came from. You know, came from that movement, the uh-huh. midwifery huh. movement. But and and so what you basically do is you you go talk to panicky new mothers. Or like, am I holding it, it right? Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's amazing how you know. I think every you know you just sort of however you you can say to yourself. It's okay if this isn't intuitive, but that's not yeah. how it feels. It feels frightening if it if if you if it's not you know if, if you're it's not, not viscerally just <laughs> right, if it, it, coming up with so it's frightening it, and also you're like why am I not in yeah, that, you know, how I yeah. should be able to just yeah right. that kind of thing yep huh. and lactation's a big piece of it but there's also just you know sleep help and swaddling and just uh-huh. you know just you know holding the baby while someone takes a shower. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it can be that simple, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, but it's yeah, a, yeah. it's a funny culture, though. In in it's interesting because it because I do I feel like it does. You know, there are times when I want to say, "Your you know your sister just called and said she'd bring food, and you said you're you, you've got this." Yeah, you know, yeah. and just say say yes. Teaching people to say yes. Uh-huh. Teaching um, teaching women to accept help uh-huh. and understand that that doesn't mean they're not s- succeeding in right. parenting. That they're not f- yeah. failing and in, in that right. like that your sister's not better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> a lot, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of issues. Yeah, yeah. 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 I Just, mean, it brings up Oh, I can't imagine. Everything. Sure. Yeah. I, like, life isn't yeah. competitive enough. Mm, now you gotta exactly. like, yes. Now you gotta compete about whose kids got right. what and whether you're doing it and right. And if or you're not. doing this right and yeah. what, how your choices weigh against other people's choices. You need a lifetime doula. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually my, that's what my husband is always like. He's, you should be a band doula. Bands need doulas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be right. That might be right. 
So now, tell mm-hmm. me about the audiences. I mean, are these people our age who are like, I remember you, like fifty-year-old yeah, women with dyed hair still? Absolutely. And, yeah. But then also, you know, Billy had sort of a. We had a a big gap between our our initial audience, uh-huh. the the, um, the sort of feed the tree. Yeah. Um, that was the big hit uh, for you guys, right? Yeah, they're yeah. a solid decade younger than we are. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because by the time we were already in our- That was the first record, In our right? mid-20s. Was that the first record? Yeah. 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 We were in our mid-20s, and uh, the bulk of our audience was teens oh, through right. early 20s, right. you know? Uh-huh. Um, so th- it's still- It really runs. And yeah. like I said, you know, people bring their adult kids and yeah. their kid kids, and, uh-huh. um, and I think that- also, you know, my my nineteen year old is her experience of music is so different than mine. It's not necessarily generational. Uh-huh. She sort of has a wide scope of stuff that she listens to. Right. So, so we have that sort of new crowd uh-huh. also. Right. Um, the people that yes, discovered you. For the most you. part, it is it is us. Uh huh. It, it is, is us. Yeah. And they're happy, the right? Part. They're happy to see you. They're totally happy, <laughs> and we're happy to see them. It's really very. It's oddly conversational. Oh, <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of talking uh-huh. that goes on, and and um, I don't know. We just sort of I I like them so much. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a great. very 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 positive in that room always. Yeah, and it's a community in in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, these are your people. Like right. it's sort of weird. Yeah, they're the hardcore. They're the they're the the hardcore yeah. last standers. It's sure. really nice. But you know, yeah. it also it enables you to. To sort of like be comfortable with your your authentic self. Yes. Right. Ab- absolutely. Yes. You don't have to play games anymore. No. Yeah. This, it's, yeah. It's so different. Yeah. It feels really good. And I and you know, I feel like the fact that people genuinely like the new album yeah. too adds a adds vali- it take it's not so much a vanity project right, anymore. Right. Or some nostalgia right, trip. It, right. it really for us, it gives some credence to what we're doing. It makes me feel, makes us feel, you know, relevant. Right. In, yeah, in absolutely. That, you know, and also, what's not re- that there's anything wrong with a reunion tour on its own. Yeah. You know, I'm fine. Uh, that would have been fine, too, if that's all we did. But it's but. sort of weird because, like, in you know, I, obviously you're playing stuff from the, the, the first two records. But yeah. But the thing is, is like it's not really a reunion tour because you it's a, you released a record and it's a belly record and and oddly as as you know it's informed by your everyone's age and wisdom, mm-hmm. but you guys have a sound. I yeah, mean, yeah, you right. Know, it's, because it's and that's still, not nothing. It's I mean, still the same four people. <laughs> but right, but, but like you know, so, yeah. think about how many people don't have a fucking sound. Like you mm-hmm. know, like. There are bands out there just plugging away, and they just you know, they they listen to their heroes too much, and you can hear other people in them, you know. Yeah. And it's not that they're bad musicians, but they haven't like landed on that thing that defines them. And you guys have that. And oh, that's thank a, you. That's, that's nice. Amazing thing, that's really. Very kind. No, it's yeah. true. And uh, yeah. and aside from that, it was uh, great seeing you. It was great seeing you too. Happy to see you again. And, yeah, me too. And congratulations on everything that you t- well, thank we were you. On the, we were in the car on yeah. the way here, and um, Jess said to my friends with me was like, um, I think Paul McCartney was there yesterday. No, and he I, wasn't or, here. It was, well, I was like, I said, I was quiet for a second. And I said, Am I the least auspicious person he's ever talked to? <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> no, I don't even know what auspicious I, I means. That. I don't think I want that. What though. is auspicious? That's the title that like, like, you know, celebrated. Oh, oh. And, oh um, no, no, no. I know, no. Yeah. I've had. Uh, you're definitely not the least. <laughs> I, right. I, kinda, not, I want a carved. I want that to be the least. My, you want to be. The I least want that to be my yes. Well, to, to, to set the record <laughs> straight, I, I he didn't come here. <laughs> right. I, I I had to sort of like I got included in a Capitol Records event mm-hmm. where he was a special surprise guest at this uh, yearly thing they do this confab oh, oh. so it was sort of an in-house thing where you know i i agreed to do it if i right. could use the podcast so i talked to him in front of 800 people it was oh, not wow. it was not like a that's this candid that's great it is but i wonder what it would have been like if, if I, it was like this like yeah. right here right, it's a very right. different thing uh, yeah. doing a live thing especially with an entertainer like him yeah. uh, who's got this you know, you know when you're he's got his thing down sure when you yeah. live in front of uh, an audience you know you, you, you naturally are gonna mm-hmm. you know uh, it's yeah. a different thing but it was still pretty good it was pretty good right but uh, yeah. but this was uh, like this was nice f- for me because i'm not you know, reminiscing about a Beatles history. You know, right. We have a lot of shared history. And it was nice yeah. seeing you. It was really nice to see you too. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Tanya Donnelly, what a nice catch-up. Not catch-up. What a nice catch-up session we had. Uh, Belly's new album, Dove, is available wherever you get music. And uh, it's exciting. I mean, it's it's a, it sounds like a Belly record, and they haven't done a Belly record in 23 years. It's uh, it's nice. I'm on the road, no guitar. Just one jazz phrase from my mouth trumpet. Boomer lives. <clears throat> that was a real. That was real fun.